Is he actually at the top? Has he surpassed Herschel Walker as an all-time great or the all-time great Georgia Bulldog? Always College Football with Greg McElroy is presented by AT&T 5G. Too much college football is never too much with AT&T 5G. Hello and welcome in. It is Wednesday. We are just a little bit further removed from the national championship, which means while we still will look back, of course, we also need to start to look forward. And we're going to take a little time today to look at some uh, national championship odds for 2023-2024 season. Can you get on board with that? Bear with me. I'm coming off a red eye. I'm back in Alabama. I'm home, but I'm not sure that all my brain cells returned from Los Angeles. We are putting this thing together with sticks and basically bubble gum. But we're going to figure it out. I can promise you that. Greg McElroy, Mark Kubiak didn't even decide to show up for work today. We have some amazing folks filling in. We are very, very grateful to them for doing that. So thanks to Tucker and Jake for picking up the slack while Kubiak fell flat on his face. Him and Jack Foster, not available, but we are here and we still feel as though there's a lot that we need to discuss as it relates to the national championship. So I told you, some future odds, we'll do national championship, and we're going to talk a little Georgia, going to talk a little bit about their Mount Rushmore as well, because I feel like there might be a newcomer. I told you in yesterday's show, Stetson Bennett might have entered the chat as far as the Mount Rushmore of Georgia football players is concerned. We know one's on there for sure. Maybe you can kind of figure out the other three. Is Stetson one of those three? We'll discuss it here in just a little bit. So without much further ado, let's talk about it is presented by AT&T 5G. All right. I feel like it's just kind of our job as media members to start to kind of glamorize and live in just this, just we, we react so strongly and live in such a world of absolutes that I feel like it's only necessary at this point to try to discuss who's the best, who's the worst, this is that, this is this, what have you. But it, life isn't always about absolutes. And I think as I've reflected further on the national championship game and looking back at it, via the tape, going back and seeing it from TCU's perspective and seeing it from George's perspective. Would love to pull clips and put them up on the TV behind me. We could break those down. At some point this offseason, we're going to get into some film breakdown. We're going to do some tape. We're going to get through it together because why not scratch the itch with a little information and why not watch a little tape with your friends, right? Let's do that. But upon further review, we knew what we felt last night when we were at the stadium, okay? You guys hopefully watched the show. It was awesome. It was elation. We were trying to capture the moment, did the best we could. But we really didn't have a chance at that point to watch the tape. And it's never as good as it seemed, and it's never as bad as it seems. It's something we always say as players as we kind of reflect back and look at what went down on the field. And when I went back and watched it, I would say it was about what you think. It, it was probably the first time I've watched a tape and said, yeah, it was as it was as bad as it looked. And and it was disappointing. It, it was. It was disappointing, not for Georgia. It was phenomenal for them, but it was disappointing to see a team completely lay an egg on the biggest possible platform that they've had in school history. 
arguably. Now, this is not going to, you know, we're not treating TCU like a punching bag because I have an issue, like I referenced, with the absolutes that we just discussed. TCU deserved to be there. Y'all, they won against a previously undefeated Big Ten champion. You're going to say, well, they, they got the seeding wrong. They should have played Georgia in the semifinal games, and they should have dropped to four, and Ohio State should have moved up to three, and really Ohio State versus Georgia, that was really the national championship. Okay, well, I, while I don't disagree with that, we also need to acknowledge, and do we have selective memory as it relates to the Michigan-Ohio State game? Because nobody had a problem with the seeding when things got released. Because everyone just anticipated, well, Michigan will beat TCU, Georgia will beat Ohio State, and we'll have Georgia for Michigan for the national championship. I don't want to see a rematch, and I don't think Michigan deserved to see a rematch after they went to Columbus and beat the Buckeyes on their home field by north of three touchdowns. So everyone, and I looked at the AP poll after the fact, a lot of people up in arms with how the AP poll finished up. And I understand that, especially given the optics of last night's performance. You lose by 58, you give up 60 plus, you get absolutely battered in every possible way. Yeah, it's going to be hard for me if I were an AP poll voter to put TCU on the number two line. I would. But at the same time, where else should they be? People are saying, well, they should be at five. Okay, behind Michigan, the team they beat? Well, should they be behind Alabama? Should they be behind Tennessee? If you would pick Tennessee and Alabama to beat TCU, that's, that's fine. That's, there's no problem with that. I, I don't have an issue with that. But people being totally up in arms and saying, well, you know, Michigan and Ohio State should be ahead of them. Well, how? Why? Because you, you're not honoring the result of the neutral site matchup from a couple weeks ago? I just feel like we need to do a better job as media members not overreacting with this prisoner of the moment mentality. Look, I'm disappointed for TCU fans. I am. I'm disappointed for all the schools that are going to be viewed in the same light as TCU. And let me explain this too. TCU was playing for more than just themselves in last night's national championship. They were playing for all the schools that had always been pushed to the side. They had been playing for all the schools that had been told, no, you don't belong. And those schools, the UCFs, the Cincinnati's, the TCU's, the Boise's, I know TCU's a power five team. I get that. I'm just using them as an example because they've been perennially great. Not every year, but a lot, of, a lot of the time they've had really good teams in the last 10 to 12 years. And we always had that sense of wonder. Well, if TCU did get a fair shake, would they be able to compete? And they were always able as fans to say, well, heck yeah, we could. Give us a chance. And I promise you, we'll show you that we belong. Well, they had their chance. And... It didn't go well. Now, I'm not going to use this as some barometer for future success. I believe in growth. I believe in experience. And I think TCU will be a better program tomorrow because of what they experienced on Monday night. 
They need to get bigger. They need to get more physical at the line of scrimmage. They need to do a better job of trying to recruit difference-making defensive linemen. And I think they need to be able to create some advantages with their personnel. You can recruit great wide receivers. I think you need more of them. And I think that they have good wide receivers. They have difference makers at wide receiver, but those guys didn't have a huge impact in the game when going against a bigger, more physical secondary that the Georgia Bulldogs threw at them. They had a difficult time creating separation, and Georgia played phenomenally on the defensive side of the football. But I think that TCU will be better for what they experienced on Monday night, but I'd be lying. We are all human. The committee future committees, future members of the committee, they are also human. So if another situation presents itself like it did in 2014, where TCU is sitting there as the big 12 champ, maybe they're 13 or maybe they're 12 and one as the big 12 champ or a big 12 runner up. And they're being measured against say a Penn state who's, you know, 11 and one, Their only loss was to Ohio State, who went on to win the Big Ten. Will TCU get the benefit of the doubt over a team like Penn State, who lost barely to an Ohio State team? I don't know. But I do think there is a little sliver of doubt about that team, TCU in particular, that team's ability to compete against the very, very best. And that's not fair. But we're human And that opinion is likely going to linger. So I caution everybody, before you say TCU doesn't belong, TCU doesn't have this, TCU doesn't have that, just acknowledge this. Yes, TCU got boat raced. I get that. But we've seen great teams get boat raced in championship settings in the past, including the likes of Alabama, in the 2018 National Championship game that was played in January of 2019. Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson Tigers beat Alabama by four touchdowns. All right. We have seen Clemson the following year, led by Trevor Lawrence, get destroyed by Joe Burrow in the National Championship game. Now, you're going to say, well, those games were two, four touchdowns, 17, like not the same amount of point spread, not the same amount of point, point total. I understand that. But TCU quit last night. And had they not totally shot themselves in the foot time and time and time again, I think they probably lose that game by 28 to 35 points. And really, at the end of the day, what's the big difference? If you lose by north of four touchdowns, if it's by 50 or by 28, does it really matter? You still lost and you still got beat badly. So ultimately, we've seen teams get destroyed in the past and it's okay. You can bounce back. Don't draw massive, long-lingering conclusions about where TCU is at. I still think they can be competitive in the future, but now they know exactly where they are. They failed the first litmus test. Now it's up to Sonny Dykes to address some of the issues on his roster. So if they get back, they can be more competitive in the years to come. Let's Talk About It is brought to you by AT&T 5G. Too much college football is never too much with AT&T 5G. Every college football season, Goodyear knows the importance of winning on the road. The road will always demand confidence, the confidence to handle whatever the journey brings and to perform under tough 
conditions. And just like the players and the fans of college football, Goodyear is ready. Are you ready for the road? Visit Goodyear.com to find the right Goodyear tires for whatever road you're on this season. Goodyear, more driven. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, enough on TCU and enough on, you know, the programs that are trying to get up and to earn the respectability of the Blue Bloods. Like, well, we, we did that. Let's put that to bed. Don't overreact. Long story short. But let's move forward now to the Georgia Bulldogs. I want to talk quickly about Stetson Bennett. Look, I, I have, and all you Georgia fans out there, that are pounding your chest saying, we told you about Stetson. I, I've, I'm proud of Stetson, but I can recall just last year sitting in a room full of Georgia fans as I spoke in LaGrange, Atlanta, and Athens on three consecutive nights having to talk Georgia fans off the cliff because they could not wrap their head around the idea that Stetson Bennett could beat Alabama. They didn't think it was possible. They thought it was impossible, and they couldn't understand why JT Daniels wasn't starting over Stetson. JT Daniels had, of course, gotten hurt early in the season. So all the Georgia fans are like, oh, we had his back from the beginning. Most of you didn't. So let's not do like some victory lap switcheroo after all, okay? I also called the Georgia spring game this past year, and Carson Beck went in and had a really nice first half. And several people in my Twitter mentions and openly on Twitter saying, Carson Beck is my QB one. Like, this has been a bit for Georgia fans prior to the Oregon game has been a bit of a love-hate relationship. You can acknowledge it. You can, you can say how much you appreciate what he did, but you were always in the process of looking for someone better until Oregon. And then things flipped. So... I think what's happened is that Stetson has made a believer out of everybody. Nobody is questioning what this young man has accomplished. Nobody is questioning this young man's credentials. But if you are all going to sit there and say, well, I was all in from the beginning, I'm going to call your bluff because we all needed to be proven by Stetson that he can do it. There were some ups and downs in his career early on. But then when he took over for JT last year, he provided a major spark with his legs. He did a great job of extending plays. He did a great job of creating explosives. And then ultimately in the fourth quarter of the national championship game, this guy played his tail off en route to the first national championship in 42 years. Well, fast forward, people sitting there wondering, well, we kind of need Stetson to retire. Like we need him to go on to the NFL. Like Georgia fans openly saying this. The next guy is going to be better, like whatever it may be. He decides to come back, and he comes out of the gate swinging against the Oregon Ducks. An absolute clinic. Unbelievable efficiency, very accurate with the football. Threw guys open, anticipated throws. Did a really good job of extending plays and making the off-schedule plays. Like He does time and time and time again. And he kind of parlayed that performance into what was a terrific season, culminated in a trip to New York as a Heisman finalist. Now, where you stand on Stetson Bennett as far as the hierarchy is concerned in college football, that's up to you. 
I think he's a terrific player. And I think it's a really cool story that a guy that everybody doubted, including his own fan base and his own coaching staff, found a way to win not just one, but two national championships. But having won the second one and having finished his career, what, 29 and three, 28 and three, whatever it ended up being as a starting quarterback, finishing having won the final 16 games, 17 games of his career, really in the last two years, only losing one game, and that was to another Heisman Trophy winner. So think about what Stetson Bennett's accomplished. Where does he rank all time in Georgia football history as a player? Are you putting him up there with Herschel Walker? Are you putting him up there with Charlie Trippy? Now, Charlie Trippy, a little bit before my time. You know, I, I didn't get to watch him back in the 40s. But based on what I've read and based on the grainy footage that we've seen, guy was a stud. So Charlie Tripp, Car Charlie Tippy, excuse me. What about David Pollock? Would this be a guy who is on the all-time great list for the Georgia Bulldogs? If we have a Mount Rushmore, there's four heads. Herschel's one. Lock him in. Who are the other three? And is Stetson Bennett one of those three, because I got to be honest, in my tenure as a college football fan, and I've always joked that college football for me started in 1998. Anything that happened prior to 98, with the exception of Peyton Manning, didn't exist because I just didn't watch that much college football as a young kid in Los Angeles, California. I became a college football fan watching Peyton Manning play the Florida Gators there in the mid nineties. And then when I moved to Texas in 1998, that's when I really started to become a huge college football fan. But in my lifetime as a college football fan, I can't think of a whole lot better than what Stetson Bennett was. I can't think of another player that I've seen put on the silver britches that is better than Stetson Bennett. David Pollock might be the only one. And David Pollock, you really think about what he was, of course, had the neck injury, in the NFL that ended his career prematurely, but a guy that was a All-American for three consecutive years, won the Lombardi, Bednarik, and the Lott Trophy in 2004, and was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year, the SEC Player of the Year, and one of the unanimous All-Americans and one of the all-time greats, parlays it into a first-round pick. He's probably the best Georgia Bulldog I've witnessed. Others that would come to mind, A.J. Green, phenomenal. Matthew Stafford, obviously, phenomenal. Handful of others. No Sean Marino, phenomenal. Uh, Nick Chubb, phenomenal. Uh, Champ Bailey, phenomenal. I mean, there are a bunch of all-time great Georgia Bulldogs that I grew up with from 1998 until now in 2023. There's a bunch. But I'm telling you, I don't think any of them can be in front of Stetson Bennett. You tell us. Tell me where you think Stetson Bennett ranks in Georgia football history. Is he actually at the top? Has he surpassed Herschel Walker as an all-time great or the all-time great Georgia Bulldog? It's fascinating to really think about it, but when you really look at the accolades and accomplishments, it might be closer than you think. Hit us up at alwayscfb on Instagram and on Twitter. Let us know what your Mount Rushmore looks like for the Georgia Bulldogs.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, it was a phenomenally great football season to think that Georgia, coming into the year to defend their national championship, plus 425 going into the 2022 season. That was the third best odds behind Bama and Ohio State. So since we're a little bit less than 24 hours removed from when we're taping this, from when the actual paint was dry and everything was done with the national championship, why not look ahead? Right now, according to DraftKings, the Georgia Bulldogs are plus 275, plus 275, better than three to one to win the national championship in 2023 and 2024. That is by a mile the best odds on the board. Alabama, five to one. Michigan, eight to one, alongside Ohio State, who is also eight to one. Some other notables, Clemson, 12 to one. USC, 15 to one. The Tennessee Volunteers, 20 to one. Here's one I like, Florida State Seminoles. Maybe sprinkle a little bit on the Knolls. They got a lot coming back, and they finished with a flurry this year. They're at 20 to one as well. I'll tell you this one I love too. The LSU Tigers, 25 to one right now. Like I said, this is all according to DraftKings. They had the most digestible numbers. Some of these were like, well, they were 17 to four. It's like, what, what is that? I mean, I can't even do that math. So I felt like these were a little bit more digestible. A couple of other long shots that maybe you would take a peek at. Texas A&M, obviously very disappointing season. Last year, very short odds to win the national championship. This year, going into the offseason, they are 50 to 1. Oregon, 30 to 1. Washington, 40 to 1. Other notables to take into account. TCU, team that just finished as the runner runners up in college football, they are also 50 to 1. So you look at this, man, there's not a ridiculous amount of value anywhere. Remember TCU last year was 200 to 1 coming into the season. Some of the teams that are 200 to 1 right now, Iowa, Nebraska, Colorado, Arkansas. So if you're feeling like you want to take a long shot flyer, there are some available and there are some marquee programs that you might be able to hitch your wagon to. Pittsburgh, 200 to 1. Michigan State, 200 to 1. Two teams that have been to the New Year's Six in recent years. So maybe you like those guys as well. But either way, man, we're going to continue to look into these a little bit more in the future. But man, think about that. The Georgia Bulldogs plus 275. For those that don't know what that means, you bet 100 to win $275. Do you realize how short those odds are as far as a future national champion? Unbelievable, man. Absolutely 
unbelievable. That'll do it for us here at Always College Football. Please like, rate, and subscribe. We're not going anywhere, by the way. Saw so many wonderful people in SoFi Stadium, so many great fans, got to interact with so many folks, TCU and Georgia, and folks that were there that are like, we just love college football. We live in Southern California. We don't get huge games like this that often. Like We had to go be a part of this. Talk to a million people throughout the course of the game, the pregame, the postgame, et cetera. I cannot tell you enough how much I appreciate the support that you guys have for Always College Football. We have had numbers that we never anticipated here in year number one of the podcast, but here's the best part. As I told everybody at the stadium, everyone that we interacted with over the last five or six days, we are not going anywhere. We're going to continue to fill the void in your life. Even though college football goes away for a little bit, we're not going anywhere because right now our sport has never, has never been more year round. And we know that we need to keep you updated with all the moves, the coaching carousel moves, the possibility of transfer portal additions and subtractions. We're not going anywhere. So we will be here to continue to fill that void for the next eight months before we get back to the college football season. For all of us here at Always College Football, for Tucker and for Jake, I'm Greg McElroy. We hope you have a wonderful day. Always College Football with Greg McElroy is presented by AT&T 5G. Too much college football is never too much with AT&T 5G. Hey guys, it's Greg McElroy. Thanks for watching Always College Football. Make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to ESPN's YouTube channel and wherever you listen to your podcasts.